Moncon, welcome to the program. Um, where are we going? Are you going to wish me a happy new year? All right, happy new year. Where are we going? And happy new year to you, George, too. We're going to have a good year. We're going to go and see some great places in Ireland, I hope, this year. I want to, but today, I w- last time we left it off, actually out of Beath, I think, before Christmas. You did, yeah. Yeah, Ibiza. yeah. Exactly, in Donegal before that. So this time we have to go international and I want to go to America. I want to do the whole Mississippi River as a trip, or at least yeah. as much as you can. Well, I'd say it's a huge river. Yeah, I know. So I think we're not probably going to exhaust it. We mightn't get Louisiana done. But it's a, it makes a really good fly drive, particularly now. There are ridiculously cheap flights um, to America yeah well yeah like you know kayak.e one of these websites yeah. that you can get now if you're doing the Mississippi ideally you know you'll fly in to the top of it to Minneapolis probably or to somewhere in Illinois or Chicago exactly yeah um, direct with Aer Lingus Dublin Chicago yes indeed or you get, or go to Chicago and then take another little flight because it'll cost you nothing to, to get up to, to Minneapolis St. Paul and then you want to get out of New Orleans now that's normally expensive because it's you know it's not a return flight but you can get there at the moment for 570 euros with Aer Lingus to go where? to go flying from Dublin to Minneapolis and then flying back from New, New Orleans to Dublin neither are direct flights neither no neither but 573 euros. Now, that's not a that's quite... That's a bit of a steal. But That's but not on New, their website. That's through another website. But New, New Orleans should probably come up to New York or Boston or somewhere to go home. But exactly. it doesn't really matter, yeah, because yeah. I've done that. But you, you go to Minneapolis. Yes. Now, if you go today, it's freezing cold. So mm-hmm. you go in the summer, presumably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to be driving icy roads. This is classic. It's one, you know, one of the great, well, one of the great rivers, but one of the great r- uh, river road journeys as well. So, okay, so you start in Minneapolis, which isn't a very nice place anyway. It's a boring place. Yeah. So you get out of Minneapolis, called Twin Cities, because as you rightly say, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Where do you go now? Well, so the the idea first, you're trying to, you, before you go anywhere, you need to read Mark Twain's Life on the Mississippi to a Immerse yourself in the oh. river, the power that it has on both on on the lands on both sides of it. Uh, you also need to rent a car. Uh, idea: there are fly drive pa- packages. You could, there's a nice thirteen night uh, fly dri- fly by package um, from Fly Drive USA, which is an Irish company. Uh, for about one thousand six hundred euros. And as you said, going to Illinois, going to Missouri, going to Tennessee. Um, they allow thirteen nights, so I presume that's the minimum you could spend uh, to cover even a bit of it. Yes, you're going to start off in Minneapolis. Um, it, but what's lovely, it's an affluent city. So it has the, you know, the trimmings of, a, of an affluent liberal city. In other words, really swanky art museums, some really good rock clubs, some all this organic and ethnic eateries. And you know that whole system at this time of the year is so valuable, these walkways between all the buildings. It's the only city that you can explore entirely without ever going out into the air. There are these, um, okay. on the first story, these walkways. This is in Minnesota, we should say. is the Minneapolis, Minnesota, exactly. Right. And in the, you know, the Guthrie Theatre, which Irish people know because Joe Dowling, ex-director of the Abbey, has been the director of it, was the director for the last decades or so. This cobalt blue seminal building in the heart of town, it actually has this great bridge over the Mississippi that's called the Endless Bridge. It's a, it's a really weird, a far-out sort of cantilevered walkway overlooking the Mississippi. So, yes... Minneapolis isn't the most exciting city. I can't get you to leave it, though. <laughs> okay, I'm going, I'm going. Okay, first town that you're going to stop in of any merit is La Crosse. Again... Wisconsin. No, we're still in Minneapolis. We're still in Minnesota. La Crosse, Wisconsin? I think it's Minnesota. I think it's Wisconsin. You might be right. 
Yeah, it's on the river. Who so. am I to speak to an expert like you? Yeah, yeah. It depends. Yeah. Um. So it is. But the reason you know, because if you're following Twain, he was saying he was saying is one of the most sort of independent-minded, well-read, educated, enlightened towns. And it might have been Lacrosse. Yeah. You know, now and now and now, it's a sort of a 1950s time warp of a city, uh, stuck in the past. But it is a university town, and it has that sense of one of those liberal American, as you say, mini a Minnesota, Wisconsin state towns. Um, that have always looked to the river but haven't been as immersed with it as you get further south. The beauty is any place on the river, you're seeing the barges, you're seeing the life on that river that is almost as vibrant today as it was 300 years ago. Why do you want to stop in La Crosse, Wisconsin? No, Wisconsin. Okay, uh, just because you you want to get a sense of the 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 tameness, the blandness of these cities as you're working your way down. Soon okay. you're going to get to Kentucky. The towns or the villages are going to get a lot poorer, a lot smaller, a lot more forgotten. You're going to get sort of images like from from David Lynch's, you know, The Long Way Around. Men on their little mowers mowing their lawn, keeping everything neat. Towns with towns with with either the, with with a sign outside saying how many people live in them at first and then the further you go down no ta- no names no no numbers of how many people because there's so little there's dozens of people but in these just I want to say something yes here. Minnesota and Wisconsin mm-hmm. you must go there at there's only about six weeks in the year in which they are livable all right <laughs> yeah, yeah. either they're too cold or they are too hot, mm-hmm. right? Cold being the main one. You could die in Wisconsin yep. or Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I've been in Green Bay. I've been in Madison, great university town in Wisconsin. Right. Milwaukee with the greatest uh, shopping mm-hmm. mall and La Crosse. And if it's wintertime, you'll freeze to death. Yeah, and you're always looking out. I mean, that whole western border of Wisconsin is the Mississippi, so it is always near at hand. You know, it doesn't have quite the atmosphere of further south, but you do get this sense of the life that has been on it, the barges, the transport, the tracks that are still on, particularly because the great, the great River Road, this road that goes 230 miles along the river. Now, can I just say something yes. which is quite interesting mm-hmm. about Minnesota and Wisconsin before we leave? Mm-hmm. This is big kind of Swedish, German America exactly. where um, the, 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 uh, like they're not, the Amish and mm-hmm. all these kind of, they're all in this kind of area. That's right. These fundamentalist kind mm-hmm. of Christian sects. Exactly. That this, makes it very interesting. It really does. And Lake Wobegon, this whole, this concept of 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 uh, Garrison Keillor's Lake Wobegon, where all the children are above average. This sort of comfortable, affluent, dairy farming, modest uh, Northern European yeah. stock that have remained entirely pure. And there haven't been other races. There haven't been immigrants right. into the area, except some Irish dairy farmers. You still haven't years. gone south of No, we're going down. Okay, we got down. We we finished Minnesota. We finished Wisconsin, which you kindly pointed out to me. We went to Kentucky. There's nothing really worth stopping in in Kentucky. Ah, right. there is. Yeah, not by the Mississippi, though. You know, right? What towns have you got near I mean, the Mississippi? Because St. Louis isn't, you know, isn't on the Mississippi. It's on the St. Louis is in Missouri. Yeah, it's not on the Mississippi. I have no. to keep you straight geographically. I got to go. To Tennessee is the first place you're going. Are you where, serious? Yeah, that, that is worth stopping off. Like you, ha- you only have two weeks to do this trip. You know? Oh, that's true. And the riches get, and we're, if we even get time, like basically, you'd need a month in Louisiana itself. But Tennessee, um, the towns get even smaller still, and even more forgotten, particularly along the uh, along the the, the the river as as sort of trade has, has eased um, but t- towns with names like Paris and Cadiz and Bogota which mine, most of them just boast you know the biggest donut the biggest boot the biggest bottle of ketchup they're, they're forgotten in towns until you get to Nashville 
And Nashville is your first stop that could literally swallow the entire two weeks if you gave it the it's time. It's fabulous. It really is. And like the pilgrimage area for for country, for for hillbilly music first in the yeah. 1920s. Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, yeah, mixing the blues. And the beauty of the Grand Ole Opry is it's still so alive. It's I mean, it's moved to these new uh, premises, at least in the, in the summertime. In winter, it goes back to this this sort of legendary temple of blues and country music, the Ryman Auditorium, built in 1892 as a tabernacle, built by yeah. a captain, a river captain, a, a tabernacle for revivalist meetings. And then everyone who's anyone has played there over the and years. And Dolly Parton lives there. From Martha I Graham. I slept in the house next to Dolly Parton. Not slept next to uh-huh. Dolly Parton. I slept in a house next to Dolly Parton's house. And not in Dolly Parton's original cabin, which has been moved to Dollyland, I presume. Oh, no, this, but no. this was a house, yeah. Right. I mean, our original cabin can be visited. It's a two-room shack. It's really moving. Instead of wallpaper on the walls, they just have newspapers, which you know was done original newspapers, which was done at the time. Do you you get to Memphis at all? We do. We do. Do Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) let me give me a second with Nashville. Oh, sorry. Um, But as before you go on, Dolly Parton. It's. I mean, we laugh at Dolly Parton. It's worth visiting Dollyland. You know, it's sort of less manipulative, less plasticky than Disney. There is a soul there. Uh, It's full of sort of geriatrics who come to this patron saint, as they see of. Tennessee but it's moving like there's, there's there's game rides of course there is in any of these like uh, Appalachian themed rides and, and carousels and water parks where the old people are have their bums felt to see if they're wet before they sit on the cushioned seating in case they, they, they damage it but it's quaint uh, and, and you know there's a certain degree of purity okay Grand Ole Opry as you say um, it, the ideal time to go is winter because it returns to the Ryman Auditorium this place where Elvis where, where Bob Dylan where Martha Graham have all played they, you know, the Grand Ole Opry happened there every week from 1943 right after the war up until 1971. It's, it's, it's like legendary history. And to get a sense of that music with all those wannabe singers still coming to Nashville to hopefully to break their deal, uh, go to Tootsie's Orchard Lounge. It's, it's a bit touristy now, but downstairs is still a tiny dive bar with sort of sawdust on the ground and the stage, like four foot by 12 foot, where Dylan played, where where Chris Christopherson played, and now people who turn up in town and want to get a gig will play there. It's and a, is the Mississippi? Um, when I was there, I wasn't thinking about the river, but no. the river runs is close to Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And there's the difficulty of the river the whole time is the levees because it floods. They've had to build the levees on both sides. So actually, you can do the, the entire Great River Road with only catching a few glimpses of the river if you decide to go out on a bridge. It is not, you know, it's the concept. That's why you need to read a book about it and get the idea because you're not seeing great images of it unless you wind your way down to get at it. To, you know, they've had to build it up the banks uh, higher and higher. Um, the other thing that's interesting about Nashville, not just music, is, you know, it, it is considered the Vatican of um, America. There are, I think, 70 different churches there. There's the biggest Bible printing business industries in the world there. There are all these universities made focused on creating preachers and missionaries and sending them out in the world. So they regard themselves like as the Athens of America, which is why they rebuilt the Parthenon, the only full-scale replica of the Athens of Greeks, you know, great temple, the Parthenon, exists there. And in, in Nashville, yeah, in, 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 in Nashville, in the in the Centennial Park, it was built in 1897 for this Centennial um, exhibition. But in the original one in Athens, if you go visit the Pantheon, the Ar- Athena Parthenos, this massive 42 foot statue doesn't exist anymore. It was made of gold and ivory. It was it's been robbed, looted. But they have a replica of it in in Nashville. So you go there is the only place you're actually going to see it. So Nashville is totally over the top. It's totally sort of bling and rings, rhinestones uh, and honky-tonks, but it's it's worth visiting. There's some really good hotels there, interestingly, mm-hmm. right? 
These are your sort of comfortable, soulless four-star yeah, hotels. those kind of ones. Well, yeah, I like good. those. Tell me, yes. you, uh, if you skip Memphis, I'll be no, really we're upset. Go to Memphis. No, and Memphis does have soul. It's more, you know, it's less about this sort of swanky, cowboy-booted uh, country music and more about blues, more about Beale, Beale Street. People still coming in the hopes that they can you know, get a break or that they can do a, uh, just, you know, to worship at Stax Records, at Sun, uh, at Sun Studios or at the, the Stax Record um, Museum of American of American Soul. It's also big in, but for barbecue. If, but but also socially now, you must remember in the South here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, like, interracial relationships are still frowned mm-hmm, upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very different, like, I mean, for Irish people, it's interesting you start in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. you will consciously feel the difference driving south. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets to a point where you can't even believe what you're seeing uh, exists. Like... Um, Although so, they have huge black populations mm-hmm. because of slavery, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you notice it. I've I, I found it extraordinary. Memphis and Nashville, mm-hmm. and Memphis. So the main point, the main point where they focus on the civil rights is in the National Civil Rights Museum there, which is in the Lorraine Motel, the place where where Martin Luther King was assassinated. Uh, so they've rather than destroy the museum, the the, the um, the motel are to, uh, you know, make it into... They've just focused on the whole national um, civil rights movement in the place. It's very moving. Uh, you know, I can't forget Graceland, particularly uh, this is 2016, an anniversary year. Um, it's still, you know, it's still remarkably small. They still may manage to keep this homely idea. You think it's going to be a big institution. Graceland is still really charming and very moving. Is it? Ah, uh, yeah. Have you never been? Like, just, and, I mean, the kitsch... I don't know why it, 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 like, it's modest in a way it's over the top and yet modest Just but because. Did, did you when you were there did mm. you not notice as you travelled south mm-hmm. poverty became more obvious oh, did you notice doubt. that yeah without doubt like you get I mean Mississippi State was famous in 1980 it was lower it was considered America's well, Ethiopia we're into Mississippi now yeah we've yeah. gone left we, Tennessee exactly yeah I mean they get poorer as you go south you know when you get yeah. down to southern Alabama stay but, with Mississippi for yeah, more so I mean and the, the whole thing about it, Mississippi, as we know, made its money from the cotton. It still has these vast cotton plantations. So it's entirely dependent on the pri- the product, the prices of international commodity markets. So when when it goes down, I mean, even on, I mean, cotton is never a, a great income in a in a sort of in a first world economy. But when it goes down, there is no money in the country. So actually, the plantation owners of today are struggling as much as the ex workers. It's a, it's a place of real poverty. To try and get into the Mississippi Delta is the interesting place. This was. The the area that up until the 1900 was still full of gum and cypress forests with panthers and bears and so what happened was the planters came in the plantation owners stripped all the the jungle there this feta jungle because it was the most fertile cotton ground so cotton was growing bigger and with higher yields than everywhere else that was what brought all the 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 sharecroppers in the black sharecroppers the new released slaves and people wanting a better life all went in the Mississippi Delta because they could work as hard as anywhere else but they earned more money and then they got stuck there when the land was was um, the quality of the land was exhausted and they're still there um you know, they brought the culture, which is great. So you go to Clarksdale, which is all about muddy waters. It's all about, it's where Robert Johnson supposedly, you know, sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. Uh, Clarksdale, is, Clarksdale is still, it is not, a, it's not a touristy historic area. It is, still has vibey, 
ju- good juke joints that are as living with sort of blues and traditional music as it always has been. It's the original, it's the hometown of Sam Cooke, of John Lee Hooker, of Tennessee Williams too. It's, there is real poverty there. This sort of, sort of Baroque um, ruined quality, you know, that you can't believe actually exists. I think Irish people miss a trick and it's understandable. Like they get in the plane and they go to Florida mm-hmm. or they go to Chicago or they go to San Francisco mm-hmm. or whatever. But Aer Lingus give you a fantastic gateway. They get you to all these gateways. Yeah, yeah. Now what you're doing here is taking a route mm-hmm. unknown to the vast majority of Irish tourists. Yeah, unknown. Yeah. No. And that's I mean ever and if people do anything they do, you know, Route sixty six, which is fine, but like this, this place, these areas are still struggling. They're still ex- uh, suffering the after effects of the end of the cotton plantations and particularly of um, the civil rights trial. Because the reason that there are, they are so poor now is because after the civil rights movement, all the whites went north. They left all the people who were creating industry. This, the poverty of these areas is a direct result of the civil rights movement. You know, the freedoms that people in Chicago and New York uh, Exi- have the pleasure of, of having now they're still suffering down, uh, down south but Jackson Mississippi I, I was there as well yeah, but, yeah. but you're not going to go to Jackson no I mean well the thing is we have to pick our areas so if you're in Clarksdale it's more original there's less tourists there there's the shack up there's a great the shack up in which is a collection of old converted sharecropper huts and sort of old pickup trucks and rusted farm machinery it it feels authentic uh, you know there's still some comforts in there but you're getting a sense of being back in these plantations Stovall Farms just south of uh, of Clarksdale was where Muddy Waters had and his the old wooden slave shacks are still there that he would have you know sat down on the steps of after work and worked out by mixing field haulers right. and mixing Listen, African... we're going to have to move quickly. Okay, but okay, but okay. what about Vicksburg? Because I'm really big on the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's and like, I went to Vicksburg. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a haunting battle site. The site of 17,000 deaths. A real sort of a symbolic moment for the fight between between the Confederate States and, and, the, and, and the Northern States. Um... It's basically, it's a now on battlefields, which, you know, very, very little sign of what was going on there, except these over the top monuments. Every single state has built mausoleums and memorials and obelisks in memory of their of their dead, uh, of these 17,000 dead people. To, 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 to give a sense of how important it is to America, particularly to the South, to their resilience, their stubbornness, their determination to hold on to old griefs, it is worth visiting. I Pittsburgh. want you to talk about the Choctaws because interestingly, the Choctaws collected money mm-hmm. for the Irish famine victims and sent it to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. But they were forcibly removed like so many Native American tribes. Exactly. Again, this land on the side of the Mississippi was needed for plantations and unfortunately the Choctaws and the Chickasaws owned this land. So in, 19, in 1850... This thing called the Great, the Vale of Tears, the Trial of Tears, this great march, forced march from their land in Choctaw Nation and Chickas- Chickasaw, moved over west was was happened. And now these great casinos that were the only, like as I said, 1980 Mississippi was so poor that they didn't they they didn't think it was going to be. It was totally bankrupt. So they brought in, they reintroduced casinos gambling. On the reservation. Well, yeah. First, on the side for on plantations for the white people, and then eventually the the reservations were given the rights. So there's now sort of the Choctaws have the Silver Star Casino at Jackson, where the annual income leapt by tenfold. But you can still see the you know the house re- mortgages, alcoholism, okay. uh, sort of. Why did it matter of interest? Because people are asking, why did you skip St. Louis, which is on the Mississippi? Yeah, um, it's. It, I mean, I'm just trying. To, I'm not even going to get to Louisiana. I want to get to as much as possible, and the 
some cities you want it's Louisiana the, that gate of, of uh, St. Louis is worth I, I, I mean and particularly yeah, links there's to Ireland there's nothing in St. Louis personally Ah, come on. There's a bit of the the great uh, 1904... uh, In the mindset of the American people, it was the divide. When they were doing the wagons across, it was the divide between the East and West. So it's seminal in terms of theories of of America concept of moving East to the West. Um, But listen, you better do Alabama because for anybody with the history Mm -hmm. of the civil rights movement, the places like... Birmingham, Montgomery mm-hmm. are huge in the civil rights movement. Yeah, exactly. And again, what's your own Selma? Yeah, often so you on. often you only go there if you're uh, only only we realize the importance of the history when we get there and we go into these museums. Montgomery, I suppose, is the, the central place for this mm, successful civil rights march, 1955 and 56, and for Rosie Parks, just heroic act of one day refusing to sit down for a, to get up and give her seat to a white man on a bus which began this whole freedom rides when the black people of Montgomery took over they they about they they um refused to use Greyhound buses and started off their own uh, their own bus system that wouldn't have segregation on it. And for 381 days, they ran their own bus company, they refused, they boycotted the local buses until eventually um, they were, this segregation was, was removed. Um, and it's, I mean, the civil rights memorial there is really moving. This marble with water running down. A lot of people are giving us a hard time about St. Louis. Were mm. we unfair to, well, I mean, you've you've covered a huge amount of short space of time. Mm-hmm. Were we unfair to cover the gateway to the West in St. Louis? No, exactly. When I said that, well, yeah, no, it is, it is definitely, in the American mindset, it is a really iconic mo- movement. It is the divide between East and West. It was very important. Uh, so, yeah, it is worth, it is worth getting a sense of that. Um, but what though? I mean, I went there and I was hugely disappointed. I, I saw a lot of stuff about the World's Fair and yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. No, it's but theoretical. So it was. It, it, you see, something like like it's like when people go to the Hill of Tara. You're not going to see much, but it is really important to our mindset. You sort of need to understand. Uh, and the only time you're going to focus on it is if you're there. But for me, I mean, I think going to Selma, going to Montgomery, seeing the sites where those um, sort of German shepherds dogs were were set on children you know where where this 500 peace march that happened in Selma when the 500 people were marching for, for voting rights in 1965 had the local police and the sheriff's posse sent onto them with truncheons and gas um, yeah. masks and 65 people were injured that is really vital that's key because there are stories that we don't often get to see particularly in the area and particularly a lot of these areas will have first person accounts in the museums and yeah, uh, now the Mississippi goes all the way to Louisiana but I think we should devote a programme to Louisiana that'd be nice yeah yeah, yeah. just because yeah, you've got the whole French influence you've got the bios you've got the, 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 the whole Cajun music um, there there are some things the moment you know as you get further south like when you're in Minneapolis Minnesota and Wisconsin you're not going to be eating southern food you know, you're not going to get a sense until you get down suddenly when grits are put on your Place. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like it grits with everything. Grits with Don't eggs, with butter. Grits. We're red high gravy. Don't eat You've grits. got it. When you're in the deep south, it'll be put on your plate whether you want it or not. Correct. And you, you immerse yourself that and catfish. You know, grown in murky water, still with the with the sounds right. of oil, is still on. Okay. It. Well, I'm going to a real life American in a minute. I'm going all the way to California uh, to talk about Obama's efforts uh, to curb guns in America.